Mike, there's nobody I know that's more into horror movies and, and the horror genre than you. Uh, when did you first get into horror films? As young as can be. Uh, I, I know I saw Halloween 1978 when I, I was a, when I was a kid and uh, my mom had showed it to me and she also got me into the Universal Monsters, so Wolfman and all them. Uh, and yeah, I couldn't even tell you when I got involved like in loving horror because it's been since a, a baby. Yeah, I never got to see the Universal horror movies until like I until I was an adult. I used to get books from the library. There was some series. They were really old, but they were books about each of the uh, you know Frankenstein, the Mummy, yeah. Dracula, and then the movies where they would meet up, like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So I was reading all these books, and they were they were short books, like you know thirty pages, but they'd have these great pictures in them, and I always wanted to see these movies, but. You know, when we were kids, you couldn't just, they weren't on demand. You couldn't just get them, you know? For a long time, they were really hard to get a good copy of uh, because Universal held them so tight and they weren't just releasing VHSs or, or DVDs for them. Um, but luckily, as, as of recently, on DVD, you can go get like five packs, you know, all in yeah. one. Yeah, so yeah, now I have all the Blu-ray sets. I have the Frankenstein Blu-ray and, you know, there's like five or six movies and you know, each franchise has like a bunch of movies and, you know, they get worse as they go on. But still, there's a certain charm to each one of them that I can enjoy every single one of those movies. Yeah. So I didn't see those till I was, you know, till I got all the, the Blu-ray sets like maybe five years ago. Uh, but the first horror movies I remember seeing was I saw American Werewolf in London when I was really young because I was really into, you know, Michael Jackson in like 1983 when the thriller video yep. came out. And we had the, the making yep. of Thriller, right? Yep. And in that, there's a lot of scenes from American Werewolf in London because it's, it's the same director. Yeah. So uh, I guess we rented that. And, you know, I saw that at like five or six years old. And, and you know, it's very scary when you're a kid, you know, the transformation yeah. scenes. Yeah. The weird thing is, is that uh, the, the shots they show, you would never know it's supposed to be a little bit humorous. Yeah. Uh, from the making of Thriller. I know exactly what you're talking about because they're interviewing John Landis during that. And he's show, they're showing shots of the movie, and it looks brutal. Yep. Uh, you know, and then you get to watch it and whatnot, and you realize it's a little bit more comedic. Yeah. So then I got into the Friday the 13th series in the mid to late 80s. And, uh, you know, then I, I, I love vampire movies, everything back then. So what's your favorite, like, subgenre of horror? Slasher. Yeah. Slasher slash holiday movies uh because uh if you if you if you give me a good slasher with a good identity and you also have it take place on a holiday i'm gonna mark out for that uh I, i'll i'll buy almost anything or watch almost anything that involves those two things all right so let's get into it we'll do our top 10 uh Husey was supposed to be joining us but he's having some technical issues so he may drop in at any point but we're gonna get started here uh my number 10 uh, one of my favorite subgenres is zombie films. Uh, my number 10 is the 1979 film Zombie. Awesome. Probably, you've probably seen everything I have on here, but yeah. what do you think of that one? No, I know it's a, I know it was made as a, um, as a, what is a sequel to Dawn of the Dead or as a replacement for Dawn of the Dead in, in overseas in Europe? Yeah, it's, there's some weird connection. I can't figure it out. If you watch the two movies back to back, they have nothing to do with each other, but there was some kind of connection to the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing I love about this movie is, uh, I mean, there's everything really. The effects and the makeup in this movie are just so good, especially for 1979. I mean, it looks like 
if zombies were real, I think this is what they would look like. You know, it, it's very disturbing to look at the zombies. And the, the movie starts in New York in the harbor, I guess, and then it, it moves on to like some island, in, like Puerto Rico or somewhere around there. But it's very realistic. And uh, my favorite thing about the movie is the soundtrack, especially the main title theme. It's very eerie. It's very unsettling. Remind me, do, do the zombies run in that movie? No, no, they do not Good. run. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I don't like when they run. It's, it's, yeah, that's too much. The problem I have with the running zombies is, is I understand it actually does add more because, you know, the, the, they can catch up to you easier. But I've always said that the the fear of zombies is more of the hordes, the the numbers that they provide, as opposed to them chasing you or catching up to you like Jason or someone like that. But also, medically speaking, if you're starting to rot away, your bones and your muscles are not going to be able to run. Yeah. So I've always preferred the faster walking or walking zombies. Uh, one more thing about this movie is it's got probably the only underwater zombie scene of any movie that I've ever heard of. And I don't know how they shot this, but it's with a real tiger shark and a stuntman in, in zombie makeup. Go on YouTube and look up the shark scene from this movie. It's tremendous. What do you got for number 10? Uh, number 10 is one of my only, I guess, newer uh, movies I have on my list. And you are going to notice, like I said to you, my favorite genre is slasher and holiday. Uh, so this list is going to have a lot of that on it. Uh, but this it falls into the holiday category, and it is uh, the newest movie I have on my list. And it's from 2007, and it's Trick or Treat. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically, did it you ever hear of the movie Krampus? Yes, that's a Christmas-themed movie, right? Yeah. Um, the guy who did Krampus, Michael Doherty, uh, before he did Krampus, he did a movie called Trick or Treat, and it's basically uh, it's it's such a cool movie. It's it's all it's it all takes place in this one town uh, in Ohio or something like that on Halloween night, and it follows like three or four different stories. But as you're watching the stories, they intermingle between each other. So people will walk by in the background that you've already seen in another part of the movie. And it's very like Pulp Fiction-y uh, where you're getting all these different stories intertwined and you, you don't really know the order in which they're happening mm -hmm. until you start seeing other stories go through the background or things. It's it's just a great movie. Uh, there holds uh, Halloween and the, the legends of Halloween, uh, very sacred. You know, don't smash pumpkins, check your candy, all the rules. Uh, don't blow your pumpkin out. Uh, make sure it's uh, lit outside your door all night. Things like that. And it's it's just an outstanding movie. I suggest anyone check it out. Uh, and like I said, it's a newer movie. So, it's yeah, it's it's good. Okay. I'll check that out. Well, Husey joined us just in time. Husey, what do you got for number 10? One of the reasons why I made this list is it's out of rewatchable value. That's what makes a film good for me. And you may laugh, you may roll your eyes at this one, but at number 10, I've got to go with Freddy versus Jason. It's not particularly scary, but it's fucking insane. And it's one of those things that it's so bad, but the fact that it's Freddy and Jason in the same thing makes it kind of great and it has its moments and it's it's kind of gory and it's violent but there's something about freddy versus jason that i i love yeah i remember loving this in the theater but uh i watched it again last year and i enjoyed it uh, yeah it's it's two titans of uh of horror 
the, the idea that it happened it's just it's one of those ridiculous fucking ideas and it, and it's so cartoonish and Fred, and Freddy Krueger still doing the stupid going for jokes thing but what I love about it is it's filmed during that era where every woman had giant tits yeah <laughs> for number nine I have a, a 1961 classic I love Vincent Price I love every horror movie that he's done pretty much and especially I love the Edgar Allan Poe films that uh, Vincent Price was in there's like six or seven of them this one is my favorite of all of them The Pit and the Pendulum wow I have not, I've not seen that oh man just from from the very start the the title scene it's got some kind of like liquid that is flowing while all the titles are are going by and this creepy music and then they show um like a castle somewhere it's from the like the french inquisition period just the way they shot this back then and and the 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 effects that they had you know they didn't have a lot of special effects but uh there's a scene where they open a grave and they find vincent price's wife in there and that's all i'm going to say you I thought she was dead on my honor as a physician I thought she was dead I swear to you true 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 if you've seen the movie you know what I'm talking about but that's uh this is one of my favorite Vincent Price films uh Mike what do you got for number nine Number nine, uh, this is a movie where you watch the entire movie and you're like, what the hell? This is just a standard B, you know, B horror movie. And by the end, you're almost like, did I really? And then the end happens and you realize that it was all worth it. And its name is Sleepaway Camp. That's another series, right? There's a, there's like four or five of those, right? Yeah, but the, 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 the two, two and three and four are, are much different than the first one. Uh, the, hey. first, the first one's the only one that's really worth it. A little bit of trivia for that one, Durban. Do you know who the lead actress in that film is related to? No, but that's in part two and three. Who's that? Well, it was me, the boss. My sister's in that, and she shows off her cunt hair. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't know. uh, I didn't know he had an actress sister. Oh, you know how it is when you're a very talented family. All right, song. She shows her cunt in horror films. Yeah. Um, all right, Husey, what do you got for number nine? Uh, this one it may roll eyes, but I've I've fucking loved it. This is from way way back in two thousand and twenty one. Halloween Kills. I wow. fucking love this film, and the thing is, I've seen it's getting such a mixed response by the public. Yeah, and it seems to be that those who went to the cinema to see it loved it. And then it seems that those who watched it on streaming hated it. And I seen it in the cinema and I I was uh, marked out for it. Bro, I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was the second best Halloween film. Uh, I was, it was definitely corny and cheesy, but then so was fucking Halloween. It's, it's meant me from the 70s. Evil dies tonight. Yeah, all right. So say that 17 more times in this scene. Yeah, I, I thought that Halloween Kills was so fucking good, and I could already tell 
this is going to be one of those ones that I'm going to rewatch often. I'm supposed to be going to see it tonight, but some cunt is a silly cunt today. <laughs> Mike, what'd you think of this one? Um, I've actually not spoken about this uh, yet. Oh. Uh, it look, it, it was what it was. I did. I definitely enjoyed my time watching the movie. Uh, it had some great gore. There's definitely times like I don't want to know how I know what kind of spoilers we're giving, but when uh, I, uh, I definitely had a big smile on my face and enjoyed yeah. the f- I'm, I'm just accepting the new Halloween tr- trilogy for what it is, but I'm such a I, I love the original canon. So these movies, as long as they're not as bad as Resurrection or, or Rob, the Rob Zombie films, especially H2, I'm happy. And this one was definitely better than all of those. So I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but Halloween is not one of my favorite oh. series. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. I, I don't think I've seen anything after that. So that, but, you that know what? If I if I get it like a Blu-ray set, then I, I will watch the whole thing. So I think maybe I'll do that for this this Halloween, Mike. That that not only gets my go, but it gets my <laughs> so much that I may have to stand up and jiggle my belly at you, <laughs> like JBV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your ass is done. <laughs> uh, number eight. This is my second favorite of the Universal Monsters. This is the Bride of Frankenstein, which was the sequel to the Legendary Frankenstein. I think this film is better than the original one. Uh, it's it's a very classy film. It's so well shot. I love you know the bride's only in the last like ten minutes of the movie. This this sexism. Yeah, this is my one of my favorite favorite films of all time. I think you're right. I think that well, I think Frankenstein might be one of the best of the original um, of the original monster movies. Yeah. But there was only one that had a good sequel, like a better sequel or, or a, a stand up sequel, and it was this. It was Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what do you got for number eight? Number eight is my only one on this list from this series, uh, but it's my favorite. And I actually think the series as a whole is probably one of the most cohesive as as far as uh, continuity goes. Uh, but uh, Child's Play 2. Mm. Didn't they remake Child's Play a couple of years ago? They remade the, the first one. They did one with Aubrey Plaza. Uh, it was okay. I mean, it was what it was, but now they're going back to the original canon with the TV series. Husey, what do you have at eight? Well, first of all, I'd just like to say that. And I want to say that for all you wrestling marks, Chucky's going to be on NXT uh, next week. He's hosting the show. Please tell me that's not true. He, it's the Halloween Havoc special. And I hope do you ever remember when Chucky was on WCW Nitro? Yeah, with Rick Steiner. Yeah, I want a rematch of that because Rick Steiner's son is in NXT. Oh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, speaking of good times had by all, at number eight, I'm going with The Entity. Do you know this one? It's based on the true story of this woman who uh, was repeatedly raped by a ghost. Yeah, it's based on a true story, and apparently there was literal footage that she she would like just randomly just start getting fucking raped. Uh, it's kind of disturbing. She she gets raped like nineteen times uh, in the film. There's one of the I don't know how it got on. It would never get made today. It's like the way it doesn't show on TV where she's raped in front of her son. Jeez. Yeah, it's fucking rough, and it is uh, creepy. I heard they tried to remake it during the uh, 
the, the Platinum Dunes remake era, but of course we all know why it didn't. It would have been fucking brutal. Uh, but it's really, really creepy and violent, and uh, it's in the 80s, and I would recommend it uh, as I did watch it on Christmas Day. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by JW Life Coaching. Are you struggling with life right now? I know someone who can help. Reach out to JW today and he would be happy to assist. Start making changes today. Start doing the things you need to do to live your ideal life. You may be asking yourself, why get a life coach? Here are just a few benefits of having a life coach. Improved self-confidence. A different perspective. A balanced life for you. Keep hustling and don't quit on your dreams and goals. Do you need help getting there? You gotta train your mind to be stronger than your emotions or else you will lose yourself every time. See what all the buzz is about and book a session with renowned life coach JW today. So what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing and contact JW for your first free session at jwlifecoach at gmail.com. Please head over to Facebook and like JW Life Coaching as well. And remember, you can't reach your full potential until you learn to live your life in the present. Take care. Uh, number seven. I love this movie so much that when I lived in California, I used to go to the movie set or I used to go to the house that the uh, intro scene was shot at. I lived like a mile from it. So I would just go up the hill and I would... Uh, you know, I'd get off my motorcycle, I'd sit there and just, you know, walk around as much as you could. It was fenced off. It's It's been like not under construction because they're not really doing anything to it, but you can't go in it. Nobody lives there. Uh, it's in disrepair because it's, you know, it's not a normal house. It's not like you can, you know, fix it easily. This is uh, the 1959 classic starring Vincent Price, House on Haunted Hill. Awesome. Now the, yeah, the the inside I don't think was shot in there, but the uh, the outside scene where everybody arrives for the evening's festivities uh, that was shot there. A lot of other stuff's been shot there. Um, Blade Runner, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think that was Angel's House was that was the set for his house. Uh, just a lot of stuff's been shot in, at this place. And and if you're ever in LA, I... I recommend going to this house. You can find the address easily. You look at it and it's it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Uh, you know what else has been shot there? Alec Baldwin's cinematographer. The <laughs> oh. <laughs> day after it happened, That's topical. Gonna... Yeah, stupid woman, get out of the way. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what do you think of this one? Uh, yeah, I, I saw it actually just recently with uh, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. He showed it, and I just love watching old movies like that. Uh, I don't have any old black and whites on my list, but that doesn't mean I don't love movies like House on Haunted Hill, The Birds, Psycho, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, things like that. These movies are, they don't make movies like this anymore, and when you watch it, there is just a odd comfort to watching these movies. Yeah. Yep. Hughesy, have you seen this one? 
Uh, no, I have not, but I did like making fun of a dead person. <laughs> uh, what do you got for seven, Mike? Number seven uh, is uh, there's usually there's usually two or three Friday the 13th movies that everyone fights over, which are the best. Um, and this one usually takes the top spot, but I have it at number seven and it stars Corey Feldman and it's Friday the 13th part four, the final chapter. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a good movie, a good Jason movie. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, they're all, they're all so similar. I don't really need to explain it to people. Yeah. Is this the one where he shaves his head at the end? Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a, this is a great one, man. Was he in the next one after that too? Was he at the, in the beginning of it? very beginning of it they filmed it in his backyard because he was filming the goonies at the time that's right yeah this is one of the best friday the 13th yeah uh this is a great one and uh just while we're on the friday the 13th topic has anyone played the game the nes game the original nes the board no, th- there was one made for the playstation store where you get it was 10 players and you could only and you had to play and you had to try to escape camp crystal lake but jason was there but he yeah. had abilities. It, it will give you a fucking heart attack. I've never, I actually planned on buying the PS4, was it? Just to get this game. And that's it. Like, I'm not a gamer. All the all, all the systems I have in my house are, I have the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. So uh, to I was going to buy this whole system just to play this game. But I've watched enough uh, play along, like watch throughs on YouTube that I feel like I have played the game. Like, I know all the tricks and everything just from watching people play it. Yeah. Mike, did you ever play the original NES one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was very frustrating. Very frustrating. Very hard game. Yeah, Very hard. Husey, what do you got at number seven? Uh, I, one of the first conversations I had with Conan, we spoke about how I think the marks have left uh, wrestling and they've gone into the mark reactions at cinemas. One of the loudest reactions I've ever heard from a crowd at cinema was for this film, uh, The Conjuring 2. Wow. Uh, this has so many jump scares back to back to back. And what made it extra scary over here was that it was it was another one based on a true story. And for some reason, they didn't include the footage, the footage in the film, which is out there of this young girl who's like eight years old, got possessed by this old man and started speaking like a 70 year old English Cockney guy. Like, what are you doing to my house? All that stuff. And it scared the fuck out of me. And the fact that they, they should have included that footage in the film, people would have shit themselves. Uh, the Conjuring 2, it's a perfect example of why, uh, in my head, I like to think of myself as this big, tough, brave guy who grew up on the streets. Then I go see something like The Conjuring 2, and it just reminds me that I'm a little boy who wants to go home. I haven't seen this one. Mike, have you seen it? I haven't, but I'm, what I'm wondering is because this is see this is my uh, wife's type of horror. She loves like uh, ghost uh, possession things like that. So my question is, do you have to watch Conjuring One for this Conjuring Two? Uh, no, all you need to know is that it's basically it's kind of like the X Files in that it's it's each film is its own uh, thing. Oh, then I will recommend it because because I'll or I'll even watch it with her because that that sounds like something yeah that we would enjoy. All right, number six. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, Halloween 1991, uh, one of the girls in my class had a Halloween party, and uh, we wanted to pick a uh, a scary movie to watch. 
And we picked this movie just from the box art alone. Nobody had ever seen it, but it had uh, a tremendous box art and it looked very scary. And it's the 1985. I call it a classic. This is Return of the Living Dead. I know Mike has seen this one. It's my number six also. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Have you, have you seen it, Husey? I have seen it. Yeah. It's got everything. It's got punk rockers. It's uh, Everybody's heard the classic brains like you know that that line this is it's from this movie everything about this movie is great the dog that's cut in half that starts barking what is he called the tar man yep legendary characters man and uh the music's great the zombie effects are great and the ending is uh i will not spoil it but this is a great zombie movie and it's just a great it's like a mid-80s movie and um it's classic to me uh, completely agree. Like I said, this is also my number six. I can't believe we uh, ended up on that same thing there. But like you said, you mentioned the score. The score is outstanding to this film. Uh, it really has a good uh, tension in it. Uh, also, obviously, the um, soundtrack with uh, Party Time. It's it's great. And you, uh, like you said, let's not give away the ending. But uh, these are the type of movies that I really enjoy with with endings like this. So, yeah, outstanding movie. Linnea Quigley, uh, Trash, is so friggin' hot. We had to watch this movie. Our teacher was at the party. I, I should mention that. And uh, there's a scene in the movie where, where Trash gets up on a car and she strips down naked. And, uh, yeah, we had to watch that with our teacher in the room. It was very I awkward. mean, the wig was ridiculous, but the body was so tight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Husey, what do you think about this one? I haven't seen it in decades, but I remember uh, loving it as a kid. Decades? Like, how old are you? <laughs> like, you've been uh, around for many. <laughs> uh, I've been on the road rocking like I have with the E Street Band. <laughs> I don't get time to watch me. Husey, what do you got at six? At uh, number six, it's another sequel. I'm going with Paranormal Activity 2. Uh, for, for those that don't know, I think Paranormal Activity 1 was made for uh, $15,000. Uh, and it shows because the fact is that director still hasn't made another film since because uh, it was so profitable. Uh, they, this, well, one of the problems with the first film, Paranormal Activity One, is it's very much a case of first film itis, and that they're just making it because they're making it. Once they get the Paranormal Activity Two, they knew exactly what it is that what people wanted, and it was very logical in that. What's one of the problems with these self-film things is that you always have to ask, why would they be filming this? Like, if someone's brushing their teeth while they're filming and then the fucking lights go out, it's like, well, why'd you film that in the first place? Uh, but Paranormal Activity 2, it makes sense. It's scary. Uh, I'll not give away certain things that happen, but it's very mythology-building. Unfortunately, the rest of the franchise was fucking terrible. But... Uh, the this one and the third one isn't bad, but Paranormal Activity Two, I would particularly recommend uh, you uh, people going to see after you leave your. Fall is here, and we could all use a stiff breeze. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. 
You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. They always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? It's time to get off the couch and get back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, head to BlueChew.com. Guys, there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use a promo code DURBAND at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code DURBAND to receive your first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And I thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, we're at the halfway point. Uh, my number five is a 1976 classic starring one of the greatest actors of all time, Gregory Peck. This is the original, The Omen. Another uh, movie with a, an amazing soundtrack. I think it's uh, Jerry Goldsmith who also did uh, Planet of the Apes, which is another favorite movie of mine. Uh, the, the soundtrack's amazing. Uh, I love, uh, like, Satan. I don't, you know, I love films about Satan. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, this, this, this is a classic. Uh, I love the whole Omen series. I've Actually, I've never seen the fourth one, but uh, the scenes in the graveyard, especially, it's so just very eerie. I love the way this movie was shot. I love everything about it. This is, a, this is one of those movies that I watched as a child and um, I ha- haven't watched in years. Like mo- Same with like Rosemary's Baby, but we did actually do Rosemary's Baby for the, for the jury recently, so I got to rewatch that. And then um, The Omen is one of the ones I have to rewatch. And what's the one with this static TV? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. I have to rewatch that. But I saw them all as kids and they scared the crap out of me. Um, but, you know, a lot of times they don't hold up. I hope they do hold up. Husey, I, I guarantee you've seen the remake of this, but have you seen uh, the original? Yeah, I've seen I've seen them all, and uh, I'm actually working on a, a horror film myself based on The Omen, and it's uh, it's based on an annoying podcaster, and it's called The Thurman. Yeah. Okay. Like. Wow. Okay. Uh, Mike, what do you got for number five? Number five, I actually just did recently a watch along of, uh, of this film. Uh, it's the highest vampire movie on my list uh, from 1985, Fright Night. Love it. It's 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 filmed so well. I think the chemistry is is amazing between all the characters, uh, whether it's Roddy McDowell or, or Chris Sarandon. Uh, but I think that it's a the, the I think the acting really shines through with uh, Amanda Bierce and um, the, who plays Charlie William Ragsdale. Uh, she's a lesbian, 
And this whole movie, I truly believe that those two were a couple, that they loved each other. Like they, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I love everything about this movie and the practical effects, uh, especially when Evil Ed, I don't know if people know who I'm talking about, uh, is the dog and gets the stake through him and turning back. Oh, the, the practical effects is outstanding in this movie. Yeah, I saw this when I was a kid and I loved it. And uh, yeah, Roddy McDowell, another great actor. He played, uh, he played act. He used two different roles in the Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, Hughesy, you seen the original Fright Night? Uh, I've seen the original and the remake starring uh, McLovin and Colin Farrell. And that's all I'm going to say. And Anton Yelchin, rest in peace, right? Isn't he in the remake? Yeah, thank- thankfully. Do you know how he died? Uh, he, run, he crushed himself by his own car. Yeah, his own car. Yeah, Alec Baldwin shot him while he was in his car. Husey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what do you got at five? 2012's uh, Sinister. I uh, Have you seen this one, Durban? No. It's about a guy who moves into a new house. He's a writer. And uh, he discovers these like uh, snuff films in the attic. Mm. And he starts uh, watching them. I can't really go into too much details. Don't want to give spoil something. But I remember taking uh, a certain bitch to uh, this one on a date. And there was such a jump scare in this one that I nearly shit myself. And uh, surprisingly, it didn't work out. But this one is so fucking good. This is the guy who went on to do stuff like uh, Delivers from Evil and Doctor Strange. Uh, Scott Erickson or Derrickson or something. This film is fucking brilliant. And it's it's genuinely, it's a good story. And it's so creepy because they they made a point of in editing really, really long shots. So it's not like it's all like, so it's like, uh, just as you're watching the whole creepy thing uh, uh, fell out, but uh, I would highly recommend uh, Sinister, especially at night in the dark, uh, if you're a bit high. Nice. All right. For number four, this is my favorite Universal monster film. This is the 1932, the original, The Mummy. Nice. I love Boris Karloff. I think the guy is, uh, he's, uh, what can you say about him? You know, he was Frankenstein and then he played The Mummy. And it's like two completely different roles. And he's just like, you know, I, I love him most as uh, the, when he's in human form, Our Death Bay. He's so creepy, just the makeup he had on and just his posture and everything. And I love, you know, Egyptian stuff and, and that kind of thing. And um, this is what this is one of my favorite movies of all time. The Mummy. I have to say, I hate the Brendan Fraser films. I hate that series. Uh, but I, I did enjoy the Tom Cruise Mummy from a few years ago. Yeah, I'm making a, a film based of the same title based on uh, Casey Anthony. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very, attra- very attractive woman. What do you do you have something against her? Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of things. I mean, the corpse of her child was kind of a turnoff, but I still, but still would. Uh, Mike, what do you got at number four? Number four, uh, Mike. You've been talking about uh, your love for zombie movies, uh, and there's only if you're going to put a highest zombie movie on your on anyone's list, I don't see how it can't be this one. Uh, Nineteen, I believe it's 1978, George Romero, Dawn of the Dead. Yes, of the movie, and you know people could give it shit because of the makeup effects with the blue zombies in it, but just the the 
it's everything as a kid that I thought um, going like getting trapped in a mall or getting trapped in a school or something and having to figure out you to use the things to your advantage. It's outstanding. I love Dawn of the Dead and I can watch it anytime. And now I even watch the super extended, whatever they call it, cut, yeah. uh, which you could just anyone could just get it on YouTube. So go check it out. Yeah, I got the box set that came out about 10 years ago. It's got the European cut. It's got the extended. I think the American one's the extended one. Uh, there's like three three different cuts on it. It's so good. Uh, one of them has the the soundtrack with, was it the band? Was the band called Zombie? I don't know. Like the, the, the one with the so do, 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 do. Yeah, the Goofy. Yeah, the Goofy. I, I forgot the band. I think it's called, what the fuck is it called? Uh, it's got that. There's that soundtrack. And then there's a totally different soundtrack. Uh, but yeah, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Also, Cusey, I know you love the remake. Yeah, the, the remake was. See, that's one of the things I liked about the remake because the the original is horror, but for the remake they changed genre. And while it's still about zombies, they did it more of an action film. So it's a, it's, so it's a real remake, if that makes sense. But yeah, both the uh, both the very great films. Neither on my list. Ah, uh, Cusey, uh, what do you have at four? At four, I don't know if this technically counts as a horror film, but I'm going with uh, Arachnophobia. Nice. It scared the living fuck out of me for years. I had a real spider problem. Uh, now I just, as soon as I see them, I'll beat the living shit out of them. I'll, I'll bring friends over, some uh, pipe-hitting <coughs> people from Pulp Fiction. I'll fucking hit them with weapons if I need to. Uh, I have heard, though that James Wan, who's the biggest horror film director in the world, is trying to make a 3D remake of Arachnophobia. And I'm telling you right now, I will never watch that because I'll fucking drop dead of a heart attack. And the thing is, Arachnophobia, it's crazy. You go back and watch it. It's it's a PG. Yeah. It scared the fuck clean out of me. Well, with those kind of movies, you don't need to go like gore and stuff like that. Like once again, Again, the creepiness is all these little things crawling all over you. I mean, that's, yeah, I agree. I mean, that that movie definitely was just, uh, uh, what is it, unnerving. Yeah. All right, number three, I have uh, I have the original one on my list also. We already covered it, but I like the sequel even better. It's from 1978. It's The Omen 2. I love this movie so much. I think part of it's because it was shot in Chicago and uh, in this area. The museum that the Thorne family owns in the in the movie, it's the Field Museum, and it's just cool to see what what it looked like back then. When you know there wasn't, it was very empty back then. It was just uh, now you go there and there's shit everywhere. Every wall is covered with stuff. Uh, it just looks so classy back then. And then the the elevator scene, if you've seen the movie, you know about the elevator scene. It was actually the start of it was filmed at the Museum of Science and Industry when they're walking in the hallway. Then when they get in the elevator, that is the elevator from the Field Museum. So it's shot at uh, two of my favorite museums. And uh, it's just, that's a brutal scene. Uh, I love the um, the military academy. You know, just the whole concept of um, the drill instructor being like Damien's mentor. And the ice skating scene is, is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. You know, Jaws makes people not want to go in the water. The Omen 2 makes me not want to ice skate on a real lake. I will never, ever do it just because of this movie. Mike, have you seen this? 
Um, I I saw the Omen one, like I said when I was a kid. I've never seen this, and you guys are putting a lot of movies on my list that I have to make sure to go see. I mean, once again, these are movies I eventually would get around to, but I'm also a person who rewatches movies over and over again. Yeah. So you know, when I get to a new movie, I mean, I'm gonna actually write most of these down because I want to check them out. You definitely made this one, Omen Two, sound very uh, intriguing. Uh, Omen Two, I I have seen and I remember like as a kid, but I don't think I've seen it since i was a kid all right mike i know you're under a time crunch here so we're gonna do your top three in a row all right so i got my top three ready for you guys unfortunately i wish i could stick around longer because uh, my daughter has soccer practice and and, and uh i mean i'm excited to do that too uh, she's actually pretty good at it but talking horror movies is my thing so here we go number three friday the 13th part six jason lives uh tom mclaughlin did amazing directing this movie if you watch all of the original friday the 13th this one will stand out for the cinematography uh the soundtrack by alice cooper off the album my what as a constrictor i believe that's where most of it came from uh but the, yeah there's like three three alice cooper songs uh, uh, tom matthews is in it who was in return of the living dead um yeah just this movie is i can put in at any time and watch it along with my number two and my number one mm. uh, i've seen them all i like them all but uh, to me my favorite is number eight number one and number eight you know the first one just for the soundtrack alone is, is uh, one of the best films of all time but yeah number eight when he goes to manhattan is, is my favorite but six is great too number two halloween three season of the witch yes mm. An extremely uh, polarizing movie. Uh, when I first saw it as a child, uh, I felt the same way that most people do. Oh, Michael Myers isn't in it. Uh, but then I, I always say this. I grew up and I've really watched the movie for what it was. And as a standalone film, if you just want to call it Season of the Witch, that's fine. But this movie is awesome. It's a great take on Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, the soundtrack by John Carpenter is outstanding. Uh, the droning Happy Halloween song I, just is great. Reminds me of Halloween. And I, I love this movie. The, and once again, this ending is very much similar to, uh, you know, a previous movie we talked about ending where, uh, I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's my style of ending of a movie. Uh, and finally, my number one, obviously, if you anyone knows me or has ever seen my little thing behind me 1978 john carpenter halloween i don't think you could do a better horror movie especially a better slasher movie than this mm -hmm. um the, the 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 timing the pacing uh there's almost no gore in it it's not needed it's the suspense uh everything about this film is so now comfortable to me that um i, I mean i've been showing it to my daughter since she was born so she she knows halloween she knows Halloween three just as much as I do at this point. And I, like I said, I just don't think a better horror slasher could be made. That's my top three. All classics. Yeah. You've inspired me. I'm going to order the uh, Halloween Blu-ray set on Amazon right now. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to order it. Oh yeah. And I hear those have a lot of great special features and extra stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I've yeah. Heard, but I see that the thing is, is that I want to order them. But I have all the Halloween movies on VHS, DVD, and I even have some that I uh, downloaded like on my phone. Mm -hmm. Like I have Halloween three in like three or four different formats. Wow. So now they've come out with another and it's like, am I supposed to keep throwing my fucking money at you people? Yeah. Uh, tell us about the Midnight Jury. 
Oh, yeah. We uh, just dropped our first Halloween episode. We always do two Halloween episodes. Uh, it's a two-parter. We did Sleepy Hollow, Johnny Depp, and uh, Christina Ricci. And then uh, next week, uh, I don't know when this will come out, but part two of our Halloween special is uh, Halloween Resurrection with Busta Rhymes. We finally got into that because it's our ninth annual Halloween special. And uh, uh, if anyone uh, has checked out my Twitter or anything, we do have a new kind of Midnight Jury series where you can solve a murder with the Midnight Jury. And it's uh, the first episode is going to be dropping any day now. It's the pilot episode, and then it's an eight-part series. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. But unfortunately, once you get to episode two or three, it's only going to be available via Patreon. But we are dropping the first two or three episodes uh, to check it out uh, on our regular site, which is WLWstudios.com. And follow me at Midnight Mike Show, which is M-I-D-N-I-T-E Mike Show on Twitter. All right. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. And we wish uh, great luck and great success to your daughter today in soccer. May she smite her opponents. <laughs> she will destroy them. And guys, <laughs> I can't wait for the next Get My Goes. You guys are fucking awesome. I love those more. Like, I was so upset when you guys were on that break. <laughs> it's back. Yeah, so. it's back. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right, H-Man, what do you got for number three? Uh, these my uh, next three are not exactly groundbreaking discoveries. They're, they're v- probably the three most famous uh, horror films ever made. Uh, number three, I'm going with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, not the much better uh, remake. The 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 whole concept of Freddy Krueger is that he can only get you when you fall asleep. That is fucking genius like that is a genius genius concept and you tell that the kid who thinks that wrestling's real who doesn't <laughs> understand what what if that the films are like makeup and effects and stuff it, it terrified me and for years and years uh even the sight of freddy krueger would scare the shit out of me uh I mean, I'm sure. What, what, well, over here uh, in the UK and Ireland, they were called Extravision, the video rental places. Uh, the guy who run it obviously loved uh, horror, because he had this huge, big display of horror films, and all the the covers would be facing out, and you would just see. And I think at the time there'd been like six fucking Freddy Kruegers, and you would see them the first thing you walked in. And I was always afraid to walk into the place, and plus doing it was a pedophile, so. Uh, no, not really. But I like to joke about Mirlash. <laughs> Speaking of Mirlash, what about what do you think of bike store owners? <laughs> what what's this? So I guess you've never watched Different Strokes. Oh well, uh, no. Well, no. I've, I've heard of that one. Uh, the, and- one of the most famous episodes is, is the bike store owner. Uh, he was a pedophile, and he molested Dudley. What we need is, is a Tarzan yell from you, Dudley. You know, pounding on the chest. He sounds like a dying water buffalo. You know, it would really be terrific would be for Tarzan to have a lion to wrestle. Huh? Mr. Horton, that's a great idea. I don't think this Tarzan could wrestle a grasshopper. Hey, I got a great idea. Why don't I be the, the lion? And uh, you take the pictures, Arnold, okay? Okay by me. Which one's Dudley? Dudley was Arnold's friend. Oh, but yeah. No, this first Freddy Krueger uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's really good. But what they did for the sequels, it was that they sort of 
put like jokes in it and lighthearted comedy and stuff. But the first one is the classic because they just had him straight up horror, scary, creepy fucking guy. Robert Englund is. Uh, it, it's a shame that they stopped the series really with him. I, I don't know why they would need to recast and and the fact that it's been so long without a new one while he's still alive. It's it's a waste of time. Did you enjoy the remake? I fucking hated it so much. It was... See, here's the problem is that uh, Freddy Krueger could only get you when you were asleep. So the remake needed a bunch of jump scares. So they would have people just randomly falling asleep on a bus. Yeah. Like, uh, this girl went to her boyfriend's funeral. He'd been killed by Freddy Krueger and fell asleep at the funeral. <laughs> like, you not think that the guy's mum would have said, hey, wake up, you stupid cunt. You're probably... Have something to do with this murder. She's like, oh, just take a quick nap at the funeral. And Freddy Krueger grabbed her ankle. It was awful. It was so bad. Yeah. And the, to, to CG uh, Freddy Krueger instead of doing makeup, it, it was terrible in every way. Yeah. All right. Number two. I saw this movie uh, later in life. You know, I wasn't a kid when I saw this. I'm sure I would have been deathly afraid of it. I saw it as an adult and I am still frightened. The first time I saw it, I was very frightened by it. And even now when I watch it, it's very unsettling. It it doesn't even seem like a movie. The way it was shot, it seems like it's a documentary. Uh, This is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. I mean, the fucking scene where they go into the house and you see the birds, like the dead birds or whatever, all the dead animals and the dead, you know, the bones laying around that to me. It's probably the scariest thing I've ever seen. And then the, the metal door opens up. Oh, come on. Mm. Man. I mean, this is this is frightening, man. But that you, you, that that's the perfect example is that, as you say, it's so atmospheric and they take the time. It's so slow. And then next, you know, Leatherface just appears bang like that. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is this giant guy with a chainsaw and a fucking mask? And the, a minute ago, we were quietly walking through a forest, but... Uh, yeah, this one was great. It was banned in the UK for a long, long time. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, what did you, what did you think of the remake? I love the remake. You know, I was a huge fan of Jessica Biel around that time. You know, I I even watched Seventh Heaven just for Jessica Biel. So when she was cast in this remake, I loved it, man. I thought it was well done, both of them. the The sequel was uh, was that like his origin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The, oh yeah, Texas Chainsaw the beginning. Yeah, and then the, I didn't see the 3D one that came after that, but I, I love the the two remakes that they did. Uh, what do you got at number two? Uh, number two, of course. Earlier on, I mentioned Halloween Kills. Uh, this is obviously Halloween. Uh, it's just so creepy. And little things were like she looks out the window. Michael Myers is standing in the street, just watching her. Uh, and then there was, of course, the thing where she was walking up the up a, with her friends and he just appears from behind a bush. And then he's another thing where he's looking at her through her uh, sheets are in the wind and stuff. It's Halloween one holds up perfectly because they don't go for scares. They go for atmosphere. Yeah. And uh, it, it's one of the very few horrors that I could watch again and again and again. And one of the problems with the Halloween sequels not excluding the the current uh, batch of sequels, is that they they started trying to find excuses to keep making more and more. 
And really, when you think about it, as much as I've enjoyed a lot of the sequels, it, it, it's one of those films that, that can't be sequelized because it, it has the perfect ending of she started, the, she fought him off, then the police arrive and the body's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's perfect. And I have to admit, I got to give you a bit of a, it was what uh, Magic or Midnight Mike mentioned. Uh, in Halloween Kills, they do a new ending to the original Halloween at the, to open the film, and it's really good. Mm. All right, my number one. Midnight Mike mentioned it earlier. Husey, if you see on my arm right here, there's a tattoo on on, on the uh, my inner forearm. This is from the poster from the 1978 classic Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Uh, the, the thing about about Dawn of the Dead that's kind of genius is they take a fun idea of oh wow we're stuck in a super uh, what do they call shopping mall yeah like that like that sounds like the kind of thing that would be fun as a kid and then it's like oh yeah by the way there's things outside they're going to kill you as soon as they get in it's it's a, it's a great idea I love the film and uh, the the shame of uh, George Romero. Is it Day of the Dead, which was his third one, I think? Yeah. Was the last film he did that was worth watching. It just seemed like he completely lost his way. Yeah, the, uh, Day of the Dead, I think, came out in 85. And then there was a, a long span where he didn't do any zombie movies. Then they did like three or four, like in the 2000s. And uh, they're okay, but they're not anywhere near as good as this one. But. I love everything about Dawn of the Dead. Uh, you know, just I love malls and I love 70s and 80s malls. And if you go in a mall today, it's not going to look like this. Like, I just love the just the, the way everything looked back then. You can see like what an old J.C. Penny looked like back then going into the store. Uh, the actors in this movie, you know, none of them really had great successful careers after this. But I think they're all perfect. And uh like Mike mentioned, the the makeup is terrible. The, a lot of the zombies look blue, and or you know, or they have a grayish, just gray paint on their face, and then maybe a little bit of red under their eyes. But I love this movie. I love the um, again. I mentioned earlier the soundtrack is just tremendous. I recommend this movie highly. It is my number one horror movie of all time. What do you got at number one? Uh, it's got to be ready to rumble. Ha <laughs> ha. That's a hilarious callback to get my go episode three, which you can find on YouTube and all good podcasting service providers. At number one, it's probably the, the most obvious choice that I was shocked was on nobody's list. Uh, the Shining. Uh, you know what? The, one of my favorite movies of all time, but I, I don't know if I classify that as horror or a thriller. You know, it's kind of yeah. both. Yeah, the, the Shining is uh, one of the, the problems with The Shining today for New Year's is that it's been spoofed so many times on, that it's kind of lost all effect. Uh, but just just the, the whole, uh, the bit that got me was, um, I remember seeing it as a, as a youngster and uh, it's that bit when Danny's going through the hallway on his bike yeah. and he happens to go past the fucking... A hotel room and one of the doors is open. That that, that idea freaked the fuck out of me because because you ever get when you're walking through your own house and and even just say like a bedroom door is open, you think fuck. I thought that was closed. Mm-hmm. Now imagine doing that in a hotel 
where your your parents are fighting all the time. You don't know what the fuck's going on. And then even a couple of years ago, there was a sequel made to the book called Doctor Sleep, which is fucking excellent. Yeah. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how hot do you think that uh, Shelley Duvall was in this movie? At less than zero. She looks like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she uh, when she when that thing got out of the bath, I thought it was Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Jeez. And the wonder fucking uh, Jack Nicholson was or Jack Torrance was losing his mind because he was because he stuck with that fucking hog. All right. Well, I think that's uh, 30 of the greatest horror movies of all time. It was a great list. I want to thank Midnight Mike for joining us. All right, Husey, tell me about all the many shows that you have. Uh, check out, uh, of course, if you have anyone out there who happens to be a pro wrestling fan, check out Keep No 100 official on YouTube. It is, uh, I got to admit, at the minute, numbers have dropped rapidly. Mm. Uh, I'm, I don't know if it's a coincidence or maybe Billy Body is chasing people off. I don't know. Uh, but if you're a pro wrestling fan, go check out Keeping 100 Official on YouTube. You want to hear my podcast? Check out It's Husey Hello. It's a, it's a, I guess you would call it a comedy variety podcast. A lot of interviews, a lot of, uh, uh, although coming up soon, I've got to say, my first uh, documentary episode, that's all I can uh, exp- uh, say about it. If you want to see the video versions of the of that, check out uh, Husey Entertainment on YouTube. We'll find interviews with all kinds of comedians, right-wing politicians, filmmakers, all kinds of shit, pro wrestling legends. And check out the inventively titled Dork Side of the Ring, where we just recorded a new episode today about the great Vince Russo and his critics. Was Sean Ron Sapp mentioned during the episode? Uh, no, but that little cunt was taking shots at me again last night on Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. Again, about keeping it 100 official, we need to get that channel up to 55,000 subscribers so that Conan will make a cameo on It's Husey Hello. So please yeah. subscribe to that channel. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Get My Go. You can see Husey on there on many, many episodes. And uh, where can we find you on Instagram, Husey? At the Husey on Instagram. If listen to the audio version, I you will not see that I'm wearing a Halloween uh, outfit right now, which I will be very likely taking a photograph of and posting a picture uh, on my at the Husey Instagram page in nary a couple of minutes. And on Twitter, you are at the Husey. Yeah, I'm at the Husey on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I really don't know why people tweet me. I so rarely reply, and when I do, it's usually some type of a rude uh, thing. So if you really want me, you contact me on Instagram or in one of my YouTube comment sections. And that's H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y. Yeah, think of hug and then think of he and then R-Z-Y. We put an S where the A should be. Well, that's the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Husey and Midnight Mike for joining me for this episode. Please follow them on social media and follow me at Mike Durband on Twitter, youtube.com slash Mike Durband, youtube.com slash Get My Go. And I hope you all have a great Halloween. Bye for now.